Welcome back to On the Outside, and it's our last test preview. The big one, the Hobart, the first ever Ashes test and day-night test in Hobart. I'm Harry Vanwood, and with me, as always, Marcus Taylor. Marcus, you're down. You've just got into Tassie. How are you feeling about the uh, the test starting tomorrow? Uh, mate, the place never changes, isn't it? Just feels feels electric, you know, rolling around the streets of NoHo. Is that what you call it now? I'm told that's what you call it. It used to be just North Hobart. It used to be shit. Have you have you seen the new scooters that are everywhere? Oh, mate, your purple scooters, your hurricane scooters. I just don't understand. I saw two like middle aged men riding them around. I was like, what are you doing, mate? Yeah, they love it. The middle ages love it. To achieve. I just don't. Do you think they're trying to feel young and hip and cool? Uh, I don't know if scooters are young and hip and cool. But uh, look, I you know I'm t- I think getting at home after a few beers is better than the same price and meet more fun than an Uber. So I'm yet to uh, indulge. Are you allowed to ride them? You allowed to ride them when you've had a had a couple of yeah? Well, no, I don't think technically, but I think that uh, I mean we would obviously only endorse responsible drinking of alcohol and not drink driving on the no, show. Fuck that. All right, we'll have to we'll see. We edit that one out. We haven't talked to Lloyd. Tails, <laughs> elephant in the room straight away. Mm. We, you know, I'd say we're, we're mates. We do the podcast together. You've come down to Hobart. We're recording. <laughs> yes. I'm in Hobart. You didn't tell me yeah. you down this afternoon. Now, probably a little bit I on me. I did say I was coming down. Probably a little bit on me for not asking, but mostly on you because you knew when you, when you were coming down. So you're now one suburb away from me and recording in your car. And <laughs> I'm here. Because, because, I had, because you said you had the wedding. I mm. thought you had the wedding and you were like, oh, so you're not going to the first day of the Ashes. So I assumed that that meant you would be leaving like early Friday mm. to go. I, when exactly are you leaving for the I, wedding? I'm not going to lie. I feel like it hurts. And I think it's because I badmouthed your bowling the other day. And I think you've held on to that. And, and it's upsetting. Little known fact, I'm actually outside your house right now. You don't know where I live. I'm and here he is. Sure. <laughs> What a what a guest uh, appearance. Um, okay, anyway, let's, yes, cr- cricket. So uh, news came out uh, just this afternoon. Tales that the Australians are going to drop Marcus Harris, um, and yeah, it yeah. will be Usman Khawaja opening the batting, and Travis Head comes back in after his uh, COVID illness. I mean, we sort of suspected that was going to be the case. I feel a little bit uncomfortable about it i i think it's the best thing for the selectors to do as far as there's no blowback they're not going to get in trouble yep. for, for doing that but we have two 35 year olds opening the batting and i mean harris not a spring chicken by any means but it just feels a bit nasty after you've stuck with him for so long to then to then ditch him so i don't know what else they could have done i really don't but i don't feel great on the inside doesn't feel like the right call because he, he was starting to turn it around and was the best batsman in Melbourne, like he, he top scored a test ago, and I get it. Kawaja's ceiling is higher than Harris's will ever be, and he's a better batsman than Harris, and that's great and that's wonderful. It felt like a little bit like they were preparing for the subcontinent tours, to be honest, by bringing Kawaja in. I think it's a legitimate plan to have Kawaja open in the subcontinent versus Harris. I do not see Harris making runs there, and that's kind of what it felt like. But do you think Vanders that's it? Does Harris come back from this mentally or not? Because it's a dropping. It's not a resting or a rotation or anything like this. It's the, what is that now, the third time he's been dropped? Fourth, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I see him coming back for it. I think it is, it is being dropped, as you've said. But 
in a way, it's it's not really being dropped from poor score. He's working back into it. I think he'll uh, have a bit of confidence. He's definitely going to be on the plane to the subcontinent. So, mm. uh, you know, interesting what they start. Like what they start the subcontinent, that's going to be really interesting. That first test over there to see who yeah. they start with. I do just, I mean, yes, Quaja is a, a much more talent, like he's a more talented batsman, no doubt. But th- the opening position doesn't necessarily require that raw talent, it sort of requires discipline, true. Um, you know, not true. necessarily in a David Warner traditional David Warner fashion, but you know, it, it's a dis- mm. you know, Chris Rogers type discipline, um, technique, and things like that, which you know, I, I don't necessarily is Usman's better to watch definitely but you know Harris may be better fit mm. for that opening role so it'll be really interesting I think it's the right call but it doesn't feel good on the inside no I don't think so I think it rules Harris out for the rest of the show I know I know David Warner said today that he'll still have a very long test career and all that sort of stuff I don't see that now like well how are you gonna how are you gonna force your way back in at this point if you're being dropped for a guy that hasn't opened the batting at any level for I don't know five years in in long form cricket I also wanted to, there has been some talk during the week about Mitchell Stark um, and mm. whether he, you know, uh, Rick Finlay, the ABC stats guru, put up some uh, some figures there. And I think he goes averaging in the 20s in the first couple of tests. And by the fourth and fifth, he's averaging 40 and 50 with the ball. He looked tired mm. um, in Sydney in that second innings, but it's a pink ball test, which is his, like, he averaged, he's the best pink ball bowler in the world. What do you think they're going to mm. do with him? He's pretty determined to stay in. I feel like he's past his peak as a bowler. And, and that's not to say he can't still be very effective. No, but I, Warnie, I think Warney has joined us in the no, podcast. Shane Warne. No. I'm not saying he can't still be a very effective bowler, but I think he's past his peak. I don't Sorry, can I just, I haven't, for, for this series yeah. or, or for his career? Permanently. Great. Permanently. Okay. I, I just say, you know, those sort of, and it's the wrong word to choose, those almost violent spells that he was capable of, of genuinely ripping through like such a dangerous one-day bowler. Like, he was a genuinely dangerous one-day bowler. I'm not sure if he's got that in his kit bag anymore. I think he's very good. He doesn't have the edge anymore, I don't think. And to your point, I feel like he should continue to play because he's got to learn how to be effective when he's past his peak. He's not a, he's not a rester. He's not a quitter. Like, he always turns up. But I, I think this would be very good for him to play in what is slightly adverse circumstances for him. So could rather than saying past his peak, could we say that he might be transitioning to a new phase of his of a bowling style? Where no, he's, he's fucking past his peak. Less, less quick, less, less toe-crushing Yorkers. Maybe he's got to come down Mount Everest at some point. It doesn't, his, he's, hmm. you know. I mean, I feel like I'm that is a bit harsh he's considering, his, cons- considering his series to not, date. It seems like he's had a very successful series. He's not at his absolute one. Have you seen him bowl better than he has this series? I definitely have. He's bowled very well, but I've seen him be like far more dangerous. Yeah. I've seen him be far more dangerous. That Those vicious hooping deliveries, I'm not 100% sure if he's got them all in the kit bag anymore. Still a very, very, very good bowler and in our top three bowlers. So he should be playing every test that he's available and should play this test. It looks like the Aussies are keen to stick with Boland, assuming he passes some fitness tests, um, which yeah, they want. Well, no, yeah, well, he's had a river career until tomorrow morning. Um, I think him getting him staying into that into that New Year's test just put him ahead of Richardson. Uh, if Richardson was feeling mm. that he would have played, but now Bowen's played two in a row and was successful again. Bowen's now ahead of Richardson, so 
if Bowen is fit, he'll play. Ooh. And if he's not, Richardson will sneak in above him. Um, but I think yeah. they, they also know that they've got they've got time with Richardson and Bowen. They're going to flog him like a dead horse. As we've discussed, yeah. they're going to flog him. He won't play again after the subcontinent, I don't reckon. I think he probably retire from all forms because he'll be that destroyed from and why not? a thousand overs mm. in the uh, degree of Tails, do you know what always comes in handy in Hobart, especially in cricket season? Oh, you've got to tell me, Vanders. I'm drawing a blank here. What do you got for me? Wet weather gear. Wet weather gear is important. You know what's more important than your own wet weather gear? It's wet weather gear for your kids because you're going to be the one that has to clean them up anyway. And I tell you guys, great wet weather gear. It is raincoat. That's raincoat with a K. They have overalls, raincoat jackets for the kids, all different colors. It's a Tassie. Tassie company, so why not get it uh, while you're at the uh, at the cricket? Because there's going to be some rain around. Exactly, Vanders. You, you've got no excuse to miss the cricket. I know there's plenty going on. You can find your <laughs> raincoat at raincoat.com.au. That's raincoat with a K.com.au. Don't turn up to the test unprepared. England, so what the hell is going on there? Well, I saw reports today that they were going to bring in five or six changes or something, uh, five or six changes, something along those lines. Now, I didn't know they had five or six blokes to bring in. But who have they got floating around the squad? I know Billings is coming in. Uh, sure, you could bring in Wokes and Robinson, I guess. Uh, maybe Wokes. Wokes could probably bat top six on the strength of his uh, series so far. Legitimately, compared to the other top six. So... I just don't think I don't know how they've got the personnel to make that amount of changes. So I don't think that's realistic. Well, I think, I think they'll swap out two bowlers, yeah, and uh, just the one batsman. So we know for sure that uh, Butler's gone. So that's Billings coming in yep. there. Then the other yep. question marks was if Bearstow and Stokes are both too injured to play. They're out. They want to mm. uh, talk of Jack Leach and also Jimmy Anderson being dropped. Um, so that's that's mm. the five. I think. Well, I mean, it depends what they want to do with Stokes, but I got a feeling that he'd have to be pretty injured not to play, um, depending on that side strain. But who have you got to bring in? So you can bring in Pope. That's fine. Well, you, and, you and, and you drop, you've got to drop Hamid as well. You have to drop Hamid. As much as you and I hate to see it, you have to drop it. Yeah. Like, so then, well, there was even talk him. of Pope not making his way back into the side because of Billing. So I don't understand how they're going to get 11 on the park if they drop everyone. So if you're if you're doing the maths, then Burns comes back in for uh, Hamid. So it's Burns and um, what's his chops? Crawley at the top of the order. Then Milan and Root, and your five, six, and seven is Pope Billings. Like is is Sibley coming in there, or is is Hamid just padding in the middle order? Do you knock everyone down a spot? Knock Milan down to five? And, yeah, maybe and have Crawley even... bat three. Sibley opens the batting or something. I, I don't know. I I just don't think they've got the personnel to to put it on the park. If I were them, I'd just go fuck it. Bat works at seven and play five bowlers. Yeah, fuck it. Do something would you, different. Would you? So just talking about the bowlers now, because this is less injury and more more um form speculation and based on the pitch. Would you drop Jimmy Anderson and Leach, or would you? I'm inclined to keep Anderson in the side. It's his last test in Australia, no doubt. And the conditions look like they'll be Anderson friendly mm. at Blunston. I just think the old war horse 
He's probably got one mm. ripper performance left in him, and I would just be interested in giving him and Broad both a go in their last test in Australia. I think they'll go with the four quicks, the sort of that, or uh, is it? It's not the Adelaide four, but the Robertson, Wokes, Anderson, Broad. I think they'll go with that four. So that means dropping Wood's wood. out. Mm. Dropping yeah, or not on resting? Form, not resting. You're not dropping him on form. I just think, to your point, looking at that pitch, knowing what Tasmania's like, it's going to be overcast. It's going to be cold at some point, and it's going to be windy as well. That ball is going to stay very fresh. The, you know, the outfit is always lush. I think those bowlers can be effective deeper into an innings, as ma- as well as Wood's bowl. He's, he's probably been, you know, across the series their best bowler. He doesn't have the peak that Anderson and Broad has, but across the series, you know, you can make that argument. It's funny that you can make the argument that Anderson, Broad, and Wood have all bowled reasonably well, and yet they've got absolutely spanked. They just didn't bowl, I mean, full enough, as we've talked about many times when they when they sort of needed to and they had Australia under the pump. So you just talked about that. We've talked about the Tassie conditions tales. It looks like there is rain forecast throughout the test. It doesn't look like mm. a lot of rain. The issue with... with uh, well, not as much per capita as Sydney. But the issue with that What's is... What's more Tassie- days of rain than anywhere else? The issue with that in Tassie, though, is you say it's it's the drizzle, it's the long spells of rain. Brisbane comes in thirty mil done, back on the pitch in an hour. Tassie drizzle, but I think it should. I reckon there'll be enough play to get a result. Is what I'm uh, tipping. Looking at the forecast, true. A lot of pressure on me being a hometown, and also on that side of the river, on the eastern shore, it does rain considerably less than on the western shore, even though it's only oh, what, the sunny eastern shore. A couple of k's as the crow flies. So, look, I think there'll be enough there. The deck looks green. But every time, like literally every test ever in the world, maybe not in India, but every test, they show you a photo of the pitch two hours. Everyone's like, oh, geez, it's green. And then bat. Yeah, it will be interesting. I'm seeing a lot of like, you, you know, you see a lot of anecdotal evidence of people um, people selling their tickets and whatnot. <laughs> As it's stopped me flying down, I'll still be going. But uh, yeah, it, I, I think uh, you're probably going to be looking at what, say 11,000. Yeah, it'll be and and then obviously you know I mean we're not gonna we don't get Ashes tests. This is a we we'll never get another one unless something yeah. outrageous happens. Which is, so. It's why I'm here. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean it's it's a bit stupid to travel, but it's you're not going to get an Ashes test ever again in Hobart, so you might as well go. But it's a good chance for us to put our uh, put our money where our mouth is for just the other you know the two times three test series or that one random you know the Afghanistan test again. Um, so it is an important moment for for Tasmanian cricket, and uh, hopefully. People turn up and the deck puts on a good show. I got a feeling that the players are enjoying being down here. I I, I know that, but it just feels like it, it's somewhere a bit different. They don't often come here, and you see the English players particularly. Oh really? Yeah, How are they enjoying themselves. Well, they had you know a few jumpers on. They looked comfortable, not too sunburned. Maybe maybe I a nearly, certain, uh, certain fast bowler who's taken over six hundred international or six hundred Test wickets might have got kicked out of a bar. Down here on uh, down here on Wednesday night might have happened. I oh, know, but you, you just hear it. We're on you, the outside. Where do uh, all those? Are we, wow, you're just dropping huge news on the podcast. Kicked out That's of a bar. Huge, do you have anything more for no. us? No. Look, if you want more, you can listen to the bonus edition off the pod. Please subscribe and pay us five dollars or whatever. What's Patreon? Uh, we should do that. I don't know how much, how much minimum. Well, that's uh, that's interesting news. Tales. So yes, to your point, they are enjoying themselves. Yeah, well, you would back end of a series. You're never coming back. Never coming back to. He's never coming back to Tassie. Uh, who's that? 
He might come back. You don't know who he is. I am predicting Australian win. To be honest, I'm predicting a big Australian win. Yeah. Uh, I just think England last test the series. They're tired. They're bringing some new people in, which which could give them a little bit of energy. But just chopping and changing teams in test cricket is, is just lack of stability. So unless that middle order, Bairstow and um, Stokes can put something on, I can't see Root making it. I just don't feel like his style of game is... I don't know how to say this without saying... He's obviously one of the world's best batsmen, but the only way yeah. they were going to get 100 England you saw was like Bairstow smashing the ball or Stokes smashing the ball in a, in a way that isn't particularly... Um, Orthodox, and I just don't think Root's going to make a ton. And his last test as captain in Australia. So, monkey not off his back. No, fair call, Vanders. Fair call. I do think Australia will win as well. I feel like we're going to see middle order century. Who's it going to be, though? I feel like Marnus might. I know I said just before he doesn't convince. I feel like Marnus is going to turn up. Oh, actually, I'd like to add to that. I think Smith will turn up. I think... He Ooh, wants it. Good. He good. wants it. He wants it really bad. After mm. you know, not only averaging done, forty since yeah. that ashes, which sounds so, stupid, doesn't it? He's only averaging forty. And Davy Warner's a chance. I think Davy Warner may throw off the shackles and play fast and aggressive because he's been very tentative and slow so far. And I think he might just say, "Fuck it." Cam Green might as well. I mean, we might have four centuries. Australia might score two thousand the first dig. Vanders, now uh, we've made our predictions. You did want to raise something with me, though, around uh, potentially somebody's last test. Uh, they don't play on the field anymore. They're, uh, they're off the field. What did you see today that caught your eye about uh, Justin Langer? I caught my eye today in the media. Um, Darren Lehman, obviously uh, the hmm. coach before Justin Langer, came out and said that... Why did he quit? Who's, who's to say? Politics. Now, obviously, he quit in the uh, in the wake of the ball tampering scandal, but he came out and said today that uh, he thinks it's probably a good time for Langer to go out just on his own terms. Um, mm. It's very hard to, you know, coach all three formats over four or five years as there's burnout there, but he doesn't expect Langer to do it because of, of who Langer is as a person. But it was interesting. And then there's also some whispers in the media about, you know, Trevor Bayless, ex-England coach, um, currently with the mm. Scorchers as well. Uh, who used to coach Cummins in Penrith. Uh, and so he's got some strong support of Cummins, uh, which sort of, I don't know, it's just it's these things are all nothing, but it just feels like momentum's building towards Langer not being retained at this stage. I feel like that you're right. Um, you're right to point out that Bayless-Cummins connection. Because it feels like, as we discussed, I think, after Boxing Day, that it looks like Pat Cummins has a lot of power now. And even, even the Kawaja, oh, Kawaja's going to play. Uh, feeds into this idea that he's actually got a lot of power uh, within that um, within that Australian setup at the moment. So I think that someone like Trevor Bayless, the read on him is he's very much sort of a, a player's coach in the sense that he's going to, you know, take a step back and let the players run themselves. And I think that's what Pat Cummins wants uh, out of his uh, out of his coach. So you're right. I think that's a very uh, very astute call on your behalf. Well, yeah, I mean, Lang is due to finish up after the tour of Pakistan. So does he call it? Does he call it early, or does he wait it out? I don't know. I'd be. I think he calls it. I don't think he calls it. I think he gets asked to call it. 
I don't think he's going to be renewed after Pakistan. And I think he gets asked to call it and go out now. Yeah, interesting. When was his contract renewed? I can't remember. Would the to tour of Pakistan already be in the diary when he was contract was renewed? Uh, I don't know because it probably got reshuffled late, wouldn't it? Yeah, so, I was no, like, I why would you know. send a coach overseas to Pakistan in his last to tour? Pakistan, before, we're gonna, yeah, exactly. Before yeah. going to Sri Lanka, rough place uh, to send people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like, we haven't and, played cricket there in twenty years because we're worried about safety. Yeah. And it's almost the most a, dangerous place. No almost a freebie for a new coach, though, isn't it? You can't really fuck up. Nobody's going to be watching. You win, great. Everyone loves you. You lose. You're right. Nobody's watching. Well, Tails, that I well, did, actually, one thing I did want to bring up. Did you see Ross Taylor's the last ball in yeah. his career? That, that was nice, nice wasn't that it? Was nice. Wholesome. It was nice. nice of the. Nice I don't know. I can't. I'm not sure of the name of the Bangladeshi tailor, but nice of him to swipe across the. I thought that was appropriate. Well, wasn't it Ebudat Hossein? So Hossein was the guy. He took six for when they beat him the test before. Mm. And he had a run. So he it was something like he hadn't scored a run for 18 months in test cricket. Oh, I did see that. So he had a mixture that. of ducks and not not outs. And then he scores four and Ross Taylor gets him out. So unlucky for Hossein. He had a very unlucky test. I he was like the one that, that had though. the seven I, off him as well. I think it's no. You, you're going to lose. Don't wait for that second year ball. Give it to Rossi T. No, that was, uh, was, that was a fantastic call. to see. It was a very good call. He's, geez, he, uh, he must have thousands. Of, I don't know how many tests he's got, but Ross must have 400. Oh, jeez. Well, he's played a long time. That's played a long time. I remember him coming out here. It's like the wonder child in like 07. Yeah. He never, he never He never. quite... I mean, he had, he had like so many careers inside his career, didn't he? He never yeah, quite... And, you feel like he never quite reached his, his absolute potential and peak, but... Uh, I mean, he got that. Remember, he came over here and got 290 not out in, uh, was it 290 not out or 290 in Perth against us? Mm. And I think the the biggest compliment or the, the biggest uh, attribute or the biggest accolade that he could uh, could be afforded from his career, remember that how they completely fucked up? He was captain and they fucked it up. They axed him and like didn't tell him and there was hotel rooms and he had to find out in the media that it was the middle of a series. It was a total, total clusterfuck. But he kept his mouth shut and turned up the next day and kept playing and was a magnificent servant for another 10 years. Mm. That's pretty classy. Well, it just I'm just looking at his stats here now, Tails, and he finishes up with... And he's, he's worth digressing for as well. It's not Ashes, but just fantastic mm. play. 112 test matches, um, average of 44, which is actually higher than I thought it would be, uh, to mm. be completely it's honest. Decent. Highest score of 90 and 19 test hundreds in the end, which mm. is one shy of 20. So that, that's actually, I mean, that's better stats than I thought it would be. I would have guessed early 40s, mm. not, not 44. So really he's probably, yeah, top three New Zealand batsman of all time. You'd probably say behind Crowell and Williamson. <coughs> he probably sits third, which is a good little group to be in. Above Fleming, you reckon? Above my boy, Dave? Yes, he was above, he was above Fleming. Fleming. Not I'm David sorry. Fleming. Yeah, all right. Well, Tails, I am. Uh, you're going to be going to day one and two, and I'm going to be going to day yes. three and four. So between us, we'll say yes. it's planned, so we can cover all the all the action. 100%. I'll be uh, expecting some reports from you, and uh, I'm going to have a little update at the wedding as well. So we'll be able to keep in touch, keep your phone on. Sounds good, Vanders. We'll catch you.